are listening to a podcast from C3 Church Wallandilly. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash C3 Wallandilly. I want to just hone in on, on uh, you know, what I learned. really ask the question, you know, and for all of us to ask the question, did you learn anything in 2020? And what, it got, what did God do in your life? And did you grow? What, what was it like for you? And uh, I know that many of us are saying, I mean, we'd have to be kind of living under a rock if we didn't know that the general population kind of believes or, you know, has a sense that, um, a consensus that it was a pretty challenging year. And I know even, I know out here, I keep thinking over these days of this time last year and we were in the middle of the bushfire crisis and how awful that was and how challenging that was for this region and for this area. And um, I'm really mindful of that and the trauma that was for many people who, uh, you know, who, were, who, who lost, you know, their homes and lost significant, had significant loss over that time and it was very fearful. And so I'm really mindful of that and so let's, let's not forget that, but also, obviously, moving forward from that, you know, that, that we have the opportunity we had here at this church of, of um, you know, you, God, God taking a difficult situation, but God allowing us to use that for good and, and be able to get involved with the community and give back, which was amazing. But, you know, who would have thought that we would have had COVID and, and I'm not going to go into all that because I feel like we've talked and talked and talked, you know, when I come to church and hear more about COVID, but... Um, but it's been an interesting year, and I guess on the personal front for us, you know, for we transitioned into leading the church at Thoreau in August, and uh, although that was a strange handover because it wasn't, it was a virtual handover, it wasn't an in-person handover, and uh, so, you know, we, we sort of adopted that church, so we sort of became parents of another church, so we now have the three locations, and that was, that was a transition as well, it was a an adjustment for us, and, and, and you know, lots of things happened on our family front this year. I won't go into them all, but as a family, we had some we had some really good times. We had some celebrations. We we had some bonding moments, and bonding moments sometimes come through, you know, through through good, or sometimes they come through challenge. And we had some of both. We had lots of laughter, and I think that's probably as you, as you get to know us, or if you you've known us for a while, you know that um, I, hope, I don't think that we use laughter as a I laugh as a default because I don't want to cope with things because I do know that you need to process things and cope with them and I don't laugh at everything. But I do think joy and laughter and humour is, um, is something that is a bit intrinsic in, in our family that's, um, that's been a good thing and it's held us, probably held us in good stead this year, that we, last year, sorry, that we were able to see the, the, the light side of things at times of extreme challenge. But um, a few years ago, we had a prophecy, and it was in our lounge room at home. There's a few couples there, and and uh, we had a guest that was there that night, and uh, it was Pastor Greg French. Some of you might know, some of you know him, and he he prophesied over Rowan and I, and he prophesied about that that we were in a season of testing, like not just a season, like in a couple of months. He said, he actually said, you're in three years of testing. And he said to us that night, and it's not complete yet. 
And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> you know, it's not the prophecy. I wanted him to say, the, the, the challenging times are behind you. Look ahead. It's all going to be paved with gold and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be a season of favour and blessing. And who loves that? Who loves those moments? But it was like, and it's not over yet. There's still more testing. And I was like, oh, really, really, God? You know, and, I, and I'm like, I don't know if, I was, if that was better to know that or not know that. But um, anyway, obviously, God felt I needed to know it because the prophet brought it forward. But it was good to know that it was a season and it wasn't just forever. Because to be honest, I had wondered whether this was just going to be the rest of my life. I actually thought life is really testing, but maybe that's it. Maybe the rest of my life is going to be that way. Maybe this is it. And it was a bit of a relief to go, oh, okay, it is a season of testing. It won't always be this way. And, um, and, and I didn't know that I could endure any more testing at that point. And I was struggled with the idea of more testing. But I have to say, looking back now, in retrospect, that that testing helped me grow. I did get through it. I came out the other side. I'm not saying that I don't have testing and, that, and I don't have challenge. I do. But I do believe that that intense season has come to an end and, and things, or my outlook on things and, and what God has done in me, what God did in me in that season and in us did have a purpose and I, I can see that now. Isn't it good when you get to the other side of something and you can look back and go, oh, okay, now it makes sense. It totally didn't make sense in the middle of it. It was a huge challenge, but it kind of makes sense. And, uh, you know, Romans 5.3 says, our suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So uh, the scripture tells us, you know, our, our challenge, our suffering, it produces something in us if, if we let it. I mean, it can take you out. Like that, and that's what fear does, like we were praying about, Murray prayed for, and I was talking about before. It can take you out, but if you, if you, if you keep your eyes on the Lord and if you, if you just keep... In a, in a place of faith, and I'm not talking about faith that's, you know, hyper-faith, but I just mean like just, you know, faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. If you just keep with a faith posture towards the Lord, he will, he will use your struggle, he will use your suffering to produce something. And I, I want to, you know, say to you that, that right now, I can honestly, I can honestly say it is well with my soul. I feel like I'm in a place where I'm more settled and I'm more at peace and I'm in a better place on the inside than I have been for a long time. And, you know, I really loved going through Ephesians last year. I mean, that was something else that I loved and I got so much out of that. The scripture just really spoke to me in that. Um, anyway... What I want us to look at right now is Psalm 23, and, uh, and we're just going to read this psalm together. Um, so I might just read it from, might just read it from that screen rather than here. So if you can just keep moving along with me, guys. So the Lord is my shepherd; I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. 
your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. What an amazing psalm that is. I've always liked Psalm 23. I've always thought, you know, it's a good psalm. I've probably always thought, had this picture of, you know, it's, it's a psalm of David. I've imagined this picture of, of, the, of, the, of the lay of the land there in Israel and David walking through this valley and, and you know, the whole idea of the shepherd, the sheep and the, the, that whole picture. kind of thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's David and that was his story and this is his psalm. But it's been really personal for me, um, especially, the, the, you know, there's, there's been a few bits that have they've been really personal to me out of that. And, but I thought we'd read the whole thing because I just couldn't not read it. It was so good. Um, but what I love is verse 5, and it's, it's been a verse that was uh, a significant verse for me in 2020, and it's, my cup overflows. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to me that David, um, David, you know, he, he's, this is a psalm of David. David was saying these things firsthand. He was saying, although I might be seated around a table in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a banquet for me and my cup overflows. And I have held on to that picture through 2020. I felt like God gave me that picture of myself at a table, and and I saw it as being in the presence of my enemies. Not that they were physic, not that I physically had enemies around me necessarily, but but that that was like to me that was like a metaphor for the, for the for some of the challenge. But I saw that as a place for me with a feast and with a cup that overflows, and I saw such provision in that. I saw such. I saw something personal in that for me. I saw that this is not just the Psalm of David talking about how good God was. It is that. But I saw for me that it can be well with my soul because my God has a place for me at the table and it's personal and it speaks of provision and it speaks of I've got your back. I've got all you need on this table. And I don't only have a cup for you with a little bit in it that's just enough. I have a cup that overflows. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God incredible? And so David could say these things. He was making these declarations firsthand about God. He was saying right through that psalm, he says, goodness and faithfulness and trust. And, 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 and to be able to say that, I mean, I don't know whether David physically, you know, whether David actually that actually happened to David or you know that he actually like he was when he was able to make these declarations about God's goodness whether it's because he had some certain things in mind or whether he just was on was speaking from a revelation of just knowing that God is good and even if that happened even when even if I know I'm going to be okay and I can trust him no matter what happens and I feel like for me in 2020 I was able to stand on the conviction, that conviction of God's goodness for me with more strength than ever before. And I think sometimes it, 
it, it works that way with faith and with the, the, you know, the journey or the life as a Christian. It's, it's a constant, it's a daily thing, isn't it? Back to, you know, the Sermon on the Mountain and Jesus talking about, you know, even the Lord's Prayer. It's, like, it's meant to be like a daily, a daily conversation, a daily encounter, a daily inviting him in, asking him to lead us, asking him to... Uh, to help us to forgive where we need to forgive, to um, to repent, we need to repent daily. I mean, when you look at the Lord's Prayer from a really practical perspective, it's like it's it's a real encounter, transaction, or tra- not transaction, but a but a back and forward thing that we do every day in prayer. And I think that what's good about that is it keeps our relationship fresh with with the Lord. It keeps us. You know, whether you follow the Lord's prayer, I'm not saying just say the prayer, but I think if you think that way, if you think, if you think from that perspective of Jesus saying, well, look, you know, guys, he's talking, to the, he's talking to them there, you know, giving this sermon on the mountain. He's like, this is how you pray. And it's just a really practical, he's just saying, this is, this is what you do. You just say, you know, you just say our Father, you just look to the Father in heaven and you, and you praise. And he's just giving really practical ways of having relationship with God and what that looks like on a daily basis. And I think if we continue to like, if we lean in and we stay in a place of, um, of relationship and keeping that fresh, then we're, 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 in a better, um, we're in a better position to sort of, to grow. And, and I think it doesn't mean, you know, if you feel like, I was laughing with Leonie the other day about Bible plans because... I, I'm like not one of those people. I, I do Bible plans and I love Bible reading, but if I get a few days behind, like I think I said I was 20 days behind on my Bible plan for last reading plan for last year, I'm like, you know what? I I'm not an un, I'm not going to have this condemnation of myself that I'm an undisciplined person because I'm 20 days behind. I read the Bible in a year and 20. It'll be in a year and 20 whatever days. It's fine. Like I'm not saying that. You know, if you forget to say your prayer, or if you get to read your Bible, or if you if you don't, um, you know, if you don't do a certain thing, then it's all going to fall apart. But I do know that these things are good for us. It's good to stand on the conviction of the Word of God. It's good to 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 lean into the Lord and to and to to do what Jesus said to do, which is to pray daily and in a personal prayer. Like, um, like Jesus tells us to pray. And I think for me, you know, that's how I began to really know that my cup overflows. I began to really see God in things in my life. My default thinking, where it had been in some areas, worry or thoughts of the past or thoughts of things where I'd, I didn't, you know, where I felt defeated, where I felt like I wasn't coping, where I felt like there was you know, it, it was too much. Those kind of, some of those default things shifted and my default started to be when I would consider a certain situation were, I have provision. God is good. I see him in this. His provision is bigger than my lack. My cup overflows. I started to see my life differently. I started to have my default thinking differently. And I believe that was because I was, you know, I had had a testing season. I had grown through that. But one of the ways that I'd grown 
uh, it's, it's really hard to know exactly, you know, how all the, these, these are complex things. It's hard to know exactly how I, I, I grew, and there's probably lots of different ways we grow or we, we get through periods of testing. But for me, what I felt like to share with you today was I got through that by standing on the conviction of, of God's word and, and really seeing, um, seeing it as real to me, seeing it as relevant to me, which is what I'm saying about the Lord's prayer and about keeping it real and keeping it regular, regular conversation with the Lord, asking him to show you things, um, reflecting on what he's been doing in your life, being thankful, having a, you know, Mary and I were talking this morning about, you know, Mary was saying she'd, she'd written down things that she'd, last year, different things that she'd prayed for, and she went through and she saw all the things that with all the areas that had been answered prayer. Sometimes if we don't, if we don't think that way, all we can think of is the struggle and the need and the, the stuff that hasn't, that hasn't happened yet. But a shift, a shift in our thinking can, can be amazing. It can be huge. It can take us from, from victim thinking from, you know, to, to being okay and being a conqueror and being able to stand and say, I know it's going to be all right. And I'm not saying by any means that I've arrived in this or that I'm perfect in this. I totally mess up. And, um, and I'm sure that there will be other tests ahead and there's much to learn. And as long as we're on this earth and there's, you know, life in our bodies, there will be things on a daily basis, on an ongoing basis that we will, you know, that we'll grow in, that God will show us and, and teach us about. But I just wanted to encourage you today in that my cup, for me, my cup overflows. And that picture of sitting at the table and that metaphor for provision. And I just wanted to encourage you, and maybe that speaks to you personally. And if it does, then, um, you know, it's not my, not my prophecy. It's not just for me. It's the word of God. And I'd love it to, if that's something that, that speaks to you, I'd love you to get that in your heart, that he has a place for you at his table. It's personal. It's a place of provision. It's a place of protection. You might be surrounded by a really difficult situation. You might be surrounded by your enemies. Imagine what that's like being at a table with a whole lot of people who aren't for you. I mean, it's hard enough. Anyone, I don't know if anyone's ever been to a function or a, you know, like a wedding or something you get invited to and you get put at a table with people you don't know very well and you can kind of feel like maybe it's me, maybe it's the introvert in me, maybe the extrovert's like, hey, I love it, it's awesome. But um, I, I feel like you can feel like, oh, I'm like, I don't know, this is awkward. And, you know, and that's not even that they don't like you or that you're enemies. That's just like, I don't know, you know, whether these people are going to have anything in common with me. Like, you know, there's so, like, to be at a table with people who actually are not for you and they're against you, David was talking about. I mean, I don't know what made him think of that, but imagine that. Like, that would be, that'd be a really horrible thing. But there's something that, that he's, he's able to say... No, but in that place, there is this provision and there's this cup that overflows. And I just love, what I love about the idea of a cup overflowing is that I can just see this picture of the Lord just pouring in. And as we, as we drink and as we consume and as we pour out, you know, with, with giving out and with, and with living for him and with doing what we're called to do, our cup doesn't run dry. He keeps pouring in as we stay close to him, as we keep daily just leaning into him and, 
and praying and standing on his word. And so, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, we're a work in progress. I don't say this to, to sound like, you know, we all, like I said, like I've arrived by any means. It's a, it's a progression. But let's, let's kind of be hopeful and let's anticipate this year that we are going to grow and that good things are going to happen and that change is going to come. And, and this, no matter what has happened before and no matter where you might be even today, that, you know what, it's going to be all right and there's a glimpse of hope. And... Um, and I just want to read Hebrews 4.12, because this, as I've been talking about standing on the conviction of the Word of God, I, um, you know, I can't get away from Hebrews 4.12, which says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, and nothing in all creation is hidden from God. So the word of God, guys, it's, it's alive and it's powerful. So we have the word of God, which is alive and powerful, and we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit that brings, that, that, um, that, that is like uh, back when we were in Ephesians, we, were, we, we looked at the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think it was in Ephesians um, 1 or 2. I can't remember what it was now, but we talked about that. I can't remember if it's in Ephesians 1 or 2. Ephesians 1, I think, where it's, you know, it talks about the power of the Holy Spirit being the same power that brought Christ from the grave. It's Ephesians 1. And um, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that power available to us. And so the Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is powerful. And the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is power. And if we think of it that way, then what, what's stopping us from moving forward? What's stopping us from stepping into this year going, no, I, I will have what God has for me this year. I won't be robbed. I will have the freedom. I won't allow the enemy who would come to, to um, you know, to, to kill and to steal and to destroy, won't let him have, have my life. I will stand on the word of God and I will, in the enabling power of the Holy Spirit, I will, I will step forward and there'll be a progression. And I might not have a miracle overnight, maybe I will and that would be great, but I will keep moving forward in faith because the word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That just blows my mind. I've been thinking on that scripture lately going, the word of God, like just find a scripture and stand on it and say, this scripture is going to apply to my situation. You know, I'm going to put that, because this is what we can do with the scripture. We've got a whole Bible full of scripture, full of verses, and we, can, and we can get one and we can go, that is the word of God and it's powerful and it's alive and it's sharp and it can do stuff that we can't do in the natural, that we could never do in, our, in and of ourselves. Why don't you stand up, guys? I'm just going to pray. I'm going to hand back to the worship team as we finish. So, Lord, I thank you for today, and I thank you that you are here with us. And, Lord, I just pray that um, you would open our eyes, that you would reveal yourself to us wherever we may be at, Lord. I pray that we would not feel any condemnation, that we wouldn't feel, uh, yeah, we wouldn't put a heavy on ourselves for what we might not have done or where we might have 
you know, where we might be lacking right now, where we might fail. That would be, the enemy would have us do that. But I do pray that we would, we would consider where we're at from the perspective of having an honest uh, appraisal, an honest look at ourselves and, and where we want to go with you. And I thank you that it, it only just takes a moment of prayer. It takes a moment of encounter with you. It takes a moment of um, a shift in our heart. And, uh, and, you know, we don't need to work our way into salvation. We don't need to work our way into, into your favour. But we have it, Lord. We have it. We are your sons and your daughters. And I thank you that we have a place at your table. And, Lord, would you give us that revelation today more and more of um, the, that we are yours and that there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear and that you are perfect love. Lord, let us just have a revelation of perfect love here today. Let everyone here know your perfect love. Let everyone watching from home know your perfect love. Anyone who doesn't know that perfect love, if you don't know that, you can just, in this moment, you can just open your heart to him and he'll, he will come in and he will pour his love in and, it, and it's as simple as that. And you can do that. Anyone can do that. And you're welcome into the kingdom because he's a God who embraces you and who loves you and who wants to... to, um, to uh, to bring you into the fold as a, as, a sh- as, a, as a shepherd loves to tend to the sheep, to, to bring that little, those little, you know, little lost lambs in as the shepherd would leave the 99 and go after that one. He'll do that. And so don't feel that you're too far away from him. Let him come and let him embrace you today. So, Lord, I just thank you for the work you've done in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash c3wallandilly.